It's time. It's time to stand up. The crisis is now at the point where it is traumatizing a generation. Emigration, homelessness. Where is the hope? This is a proud country. A country that is built on the foundations of cherishing all children of the nation equally, but we are not. We are breaking our people. What hope is there? What future is there? So what are we going to do? What are you going to do? Isn't the time, isn't the time that we stood up together? We've seen down through history the lockout 1916, the tax marches, the water charges, repeal, marriage equality. We have stood up. We have protested. People have brought massive change in this country. We need to do it again in housing. We need to stand up. Now is the time. The time to be counted. The time to make a difference. And we can do it. The solutions are there. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? We cannot let despair take over. We have to show that we are no longer accepting this. No longer accepting this crisis which has become an emergency. So please, join us. Come out November 26th in Dublin. Raise the roof, cross society, cross groups. Standing together, saying enough, no more. The light is you. The night is darkest just before the dawn. There is an end in sight. It is us saying enough. So join us. Raise the roof. Dublin, November 26th, Saturday. Be there. Don't sit at home wondering, why didn't I go to that? What did I do? There are moments in history that matter. This is one of those. Let's make history. Let's end the housing crisis. Let's end homelessness. Let us stand up together. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn. Today, it's a podcast about housing and protest, about saying enough is enough and really saying that we have to get out and do something about this. COVID hampered a lot of the protests. Um, it meant protests really couldn't happen, understandably. Um, there was a growing movement before that. We think back to Apollo House in 2016, the protests by families affected by homelessness. The Raise the Roof protest 2018 had almost 10,000 people at it. Take back the city. Occupations, Mountjoy Square. There was a real strong growing housing protest movement. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And of course, housing was expressed in one of the big issues in the 2020 general election. Um, and now we're at a situation whereby the housing crisis is worse than it's ever been. Homelessness, evictions lack of affordable housing, a generation emigrating. We have to stand together. We have to stand up and thankfully raise the roof. Cross Society Coalition is organizing a protest Saturday, 26th November. We have to be there and I have a great panel to talk about why people involved. Um, 
I have James O'Toole, Louise Bayliss, Bernard Joyce, MacDara Doyle. And I'm going to start with you, MacDara, um, for the Irish Congress of Trade Unions. Maybe explain briefly what is Raise the Roof, what's planned, and there's been a number of meetings from which I've spoken at. What's the feedback so far? What are you hoping for? Okay, what's planned is we're going out on the streets on Saturday, November 26th, a national rally for housing uh, taking place in Dublin. And this comes on the back of uh, a whole series of meetings that have been taking place over the last several months. We've had meetings all around the country. As you said, you've you've spoken at one or two of them in Limerick and Galway, in, in Navan and Waterford and Maynooth. We've an ongoing series of public meetings in Dublin now on the on the housing crisis as it affects the city, uh, and that's running into next week as well. Um, and the, the I suppose the the rally is the culmination of all of that, and it's it's an opportunity for people to go out on the streets for the first time. I mean, this is the third demonstration that we've organised in our short five year history, or since twenty eighteen, um, and obviously. We were quite circumscribed in terms of uh, public activity during COVID. So this is the first opportunity to really get back out there. Uh, and as you say, we have watched over those four or five years, the situation just grow immeasurably worse. I mean, when we organised our first demonstration in October 2018, things were really, really bad. We mm. did not expect they would get as bad as this. We really did think uh, maybe willful optimism or blind optimism in our part that there would be a, a significant response uh, from government. Um, but there hasn't been, as I've said previously, and we've made, we've made the point repeatedly, we had a change of government in, in 2020. We did not have a change of housing policy. And as a result, we keep doing the same things, expecting different outcomes, but we're not. We're getting the same outcomes. The same dreadful situation is just getting immeasurably worse. And just in McDara, no, I agree completely, and, and we can see that in the policy. And now with the um commencements falling, the private market jittering, we see you know the failure to really develop a state-led um housing delivery program is really uh, becoming stark um and is, is what's needed. Just in terms of raise the roof so people understand what that is, it's a broad coalition um of different groups. Do you want to just say who is in it? Yeah, it's a very, very broad coalition. I mean, it's primarily a trade union led campaign, um, but it involves, you know, and, and, uh, as the Congress trade unions coordinates it, uh, and I do that on their behalf, um, and involves all of the affiliated trade unions of Congress. So that's about 30, 40 plus trade unions. Um, it also involves all of the opposition political parties. So that's Labour, Sinn Fein, Sock Dems, and People for Profit Solidarity. It involves a wide range then of the homeless and housing agencies. So you, you have Louise on here, but also others like, like Simon, um, and a wide range of broader civil society organizations, NGOs, students, uh, the travelers movement, women's groups, and so on and so forth. So there are about 20, 30 organizations separate from the trade unions that have signed up to this. And, you know, I've said it to other people in the past. There's probably no other issue that we would all be able to come together on in terms of agreeing principles and responses and policies. We're all very much in agreement on this in terms of what we need, what we believe needs to happen. And it's primarily, as you've mentioned already, the state needs to get back into housing in a very, very big way because we've left it to the private market since the 1980s, 1990s, and it has utterly, utterly failed. Yeah. Thanks, MacDara. That is uh, very clear. And I hope, um, you know, very clear for listeners and to, they need to spread the word um, and get get people along. I'm going to go to um, Louise Bayliss from Focus Ireland. Louise, Focus Ireland are part of the Raise the Roof Coalition. Why do you think, um, and does Focus Ireland think it's important that people 
um, joined the protest on the 26th? Well, what we're seeing is a huge increase in the people who need access to our services. So obviously we have the hard face of homelessness and it, the, sh- the numbers themselves are shocking. We have 10,975 people homeless, almost 3,500 children, 3,342 children. That is shocking. I remember years ago when we were heading towards the threshold of a 1,000 children homelessness and the outrage among the general population that we could have in a rich society like our own, a 1,000 children without a home over their heads we're now like oh, literally on the verge of reaching three and a half thousand and there is no shock or outcry but what we're seeing so that is the cold hard face and that's the really rough end of of the housing crisis but what we're seeing are other families now being impacted and other individuals now being impacted that would never have come to Focus Ireland before. And they're coming to us now through our advice and information and our prevention services. And there are people who have been locked out of buying a property because of the high cost of rent. They can't save to get the deposit. They've been locked out of owning their own home. They're in the private rental market. The private rental market, the sector is shrinking. And these are families who have been able to pay their rent, who can afford their rent, but who cannot no longer access properties. So they're at real risk of two two parent families, both working and at risk of homelessness. And they're accessing our services now. That's a change that has never happened before. It's shocking. And I think the fact that it is now crisis that we have seen in Focus Ireland since 2015, 2016 is now filtering down and that there isn't an individual in the state who hasn't been impacted by the housing crisis, whether it is that they have children that will not be able to move out of home, whether they know somebody in their family who's homelessness or whether they're supporting people by having people staying in their couch surfing and all of those issues. It is a nationwide problem now. And we're really calling on people to make it. It's not a crisis anymore. I think we've all said that. It is now an emergency and it's time to act now. And that's why Focus Ireland are pleased to support the campaign and delighted to see civil society and unions coming together. As McDowell said, this is the first time, the only issue that we can all be in total agreement there needs to be urgent action. And I just hope the public will join us on November 26th to to make that message loud and clear to the government. Thanks, Louise Bayliss. Um, Bernard Joyce, the Irish Traveller Movement is also part of Raise the Roof, um, and you will also be there on November 26th. Why? Uh, thanks, Roy, for having us on. Um, the, look, the reality is that this crisis affects everybody, um, and some people more than others. Um, so, so when Louise talks about homelessness, one in five traveller, one in five are actually travellers who are homeless. So it's a significant disproportionate impact on some communities and not everybody. However, we're in this together and we should not leave anybody behind. So there are 1,800 traveller families in private rent accommodation today. Over three quarters are reliant on HAP, RAS or rent rent supply. In addition to that, there's a four four to 500 families are between 2,500 parents and children who are vulnerable to evictions, Rory, and every day from roadside, public or private lands. 800 families are also sharing housing with other design for single family uses. And there really is a lack of supply, lack of national oversight for travel accommodation. And that's evident in terms of the situation and the homeless figures increasing year on year. So it's time for action rather than rhetoric. It's time to for people to show their frustration, to show their anger. And that is just not good enough for the government and for others 
to be spilling out what they're doing and what they're achieving. And the question you'd be asking is, if there was no planning, if there was no housing for all, how many houses would be built anyway? How many units of accommodation would be supplied? And at the moment, we're not seeing the ramp up, the supply, the provision of culturally appropriate provision of accommodation on this island. That's not good enough. And that's not good enough, not only for travellers, but it's not good enough in terms of supply and demand in terms of the wider society. So it's important that we work together across all communities in Ireland under the banner of, of the banner of raise the roof. And I suppose in, in that, that context, that's why we're going to be there, because one in five traveller families are homeless in the, on this island. And we can't, nobody, we can't stand over that, nor should it be accepted or should it be normalised. And I, in fact, when I first joined Raise the Roof, the situation was bad, but it's actually even worse now as mm. we go. It's actually, it's actually worse. Um, and we're seeing children um, who are living long term in homeless accommodation, but also in situations that are substandard, inhumane, unacceptable. Um, and people need to get their grips and, you know, and, and be aware that is just not acceptable for any any person on this island, never mind children. Yeah. So we'll yeah. be there um, on, on the street um, in terms of raise the roof rally on the 26th. Thanks, Bernard. And it's great. Great. You'll be there. James O'Toole, um, I spoke to you, James, recently on the podcast in terms of uh, what's happening in your own housing um, and in Tathany House and the evictions going on there. And, you know, you spoke very powerfully about the impact and um, the human impact. How is it now? Well, I mean, I'm still talking to my neighbours here in Tatney House where, I mean, there's 35 units here and, you know, we're all facing eviction in the new year and everybody's saying the same thing, that they can't sleep at night, that they're having restless nights, they're worried about their kids, they're worried about being homeless, they're worried about where they're going to be in the new year. And I think that that kind of, that kind of stress, you know, stress about the roof over your head is really corrosive, you know, it's just spiritually and psychologically corrosive. And so I suppose the reason... I'm here as a, you know, to represent the tiny house residents is to appeal to everybody that's facing eviction, you know, whether it's a mass eviction or an individual eviction. I think we can all and we should, uh, you know, protest our, our local authorities. We should, you know, go to the residential tenancies board and we should all do what we can in terms of fighting to keep a roof over our own head. But I think what MacDara, ICTU, you know, and all the groups who've come together to form Raise the Roof have done is bring together a coalition that's about changing the context because unless we change the context we're all being evicted into uh things will be things will be this bad for us and for people like us uh, for another generation and so i'm appealing to everybody facing mass eviction or individual eviction we all have to come together on the 26th of november at 1 p.m uh, parnell square and we all have to march together to say enough is enough you know in 14 european countries no fault eviction like ours would be illegal so it's just not good enough that we're losing the roof over our head. I've lived here for 13 years. I've paid rent for 13 years. In a rational society, the 120 to 150,000 euro I've paid in rent uh, would have guaranteed me a roof over our head. But in Ireland, it doesn't. So we have to change that context. We have to fight for significant public housing. We have to fight for housing for that middle tier of workers. I mean, obviously, we should protect the vulnerable. We should protect uh, people on welfare and people uh, who are the most vulnerable in our society. But what the government have done basically is made the social housing threshold so low that even low paid workers 
you know, a couple who earn over 36,000 uh, don't qualify for social housing. And it, it, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm just appealing to everybody to come out on the march on the 26th of November and the Tatney House residents, as, as many of my neighbours as possible, we're going to get down there. And, and we hope that other people will too. Yeah, no, it is so important. Um, and you're right in terms of this you know, there are so many groups affected and, and everybody is affected. And, you know, there's a generation who are emigrating, who are seeing no hope, no future of homes in their middle class and even upper class. And it's across the classes it's affecting people across groups, across society, migrants, uh, people who are born here. Um, and it is just it has become so, I think, um, pervasive. It has been let drift and policy hasn't changed. As McDara said, we had a change of government, but we didn't have a change of policy. Um, that it's jeopardizing the economy. You know, teachers can't fill schools, can't fire, find teachers. Uh, the health system, part of why they can't get nurses and doctors is the housing situation. We know across the board, psychologists, services, businesses um, can't get workers. And in part, a large part, particularly in this in Dublin, but not just Dublin, across the regional cities um, and towns is because people can't afford housing. Even construction, the most basic uh, thing we need to build more homes, part of it is, uh, construction workers are emigrating. They don't see a future um, and others won't return because they can't get housing. And housing is essential um, for a functioning society, a functioning economy, a functioning democracy. And we've let it uh, become commodif commodified and financialized. And essentially, um, I think that the, the extent of change that's needed might lead to some people feeling, oh, what's the point? It's not going to change. But I think we have to hold on to you know the possibility um, and if we look at you know what the government did in terms of two things, the vacant property tax um, and the eviction ban, both of those things, they said prior to introducing them, that they weren't going to do them. Um, and while both of them are temporary insufficient measures, they do show that this government will do things if enough pressure is put on um, and do things that they might that they wouldn't want to do. And also we are in an unprecedented crisis and an emergency that things that weren't deemed possibly be possible before become possible. Just in terms that I put to each of you, if you're talking to someone who says, ah, what's the point in going out and marching? What difference will it make? What would you say? Maybe I'll start with you, Mactara. Yeah, look, I think you make a very, very valuable point there. The point about this is to try and give people a sense of hope that you can deliver change and you can bring about change. Um, that is, you know, how democratic societies are supposed to work. But the origins of the of, of this problem, the actual origins of it, this is not an act of God. This mm -hmm. is not uh, an act of nature. This didn't just befall us for some reason, like a plague. This, the origins of this crisis are in really bad policies that have been pursued by government since for many years, but particularly accelerated after the two thousand and eight crash, uh, when things began to become quite severe. So if the origin is bad policy, if bad policy is what causes this, then by implementing proper, progressive and good housing policy, then you can turn this around and you can change it. And we need to get that message out to people that it's not an act of God, that you can change it, that you can make a difference. And just go back to one point you touched on about the, 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 the workers. You're right. Construction workers. Uh, as the unions will tell us, are building houses that they nor their children can afford or will ever be able to afford. Es essential public services are now being compromised by the lack of availability of, of affordable housing for teachers and for nurses. Yeah, absolutely. Louise, 
what what would you say to someone who's wondering why should I go in? Why would I make the effort? Well, I was looking, if you were looking at it, I think what McDara's just said there is evidence-based policies are needed and evidence-based hasn't been used. And I was looking at the budget that just came out back in September. And there was an awful lot of evidence showing that there were needed to be targeted supports to certain groups. And that didn't happen. And when you look at it and you analyze it, the decisions weren't evidence-based. They were politically proofed decisions rather than than um, poverty proof decisions. And I think that's very the same with the housing crisis. What we need, the the decisions the government are making are based on what they think their voters want. We need to show them that we as a society are voters and we do not agree with this decision. And we need to direct the government into making a politically proofed decision and politically proofed um, policies that we know will work and make them realize this is the only way they're going to get back into government um, or get in, you know, that the p- people power is important and that the decisions are we now need to fix the housing crisis. I think there isn't anybody in society today who isn't a landlord who will agree with what's going on at the moment. So I think the voices are there. We need the government to listen. And we will only do that if people get out feet on the street at the end of the day. That will be the most powerful message we can send. And they will have to react if we all come there. I understand the fatalism. It's so big. We can't do anything anything but we need to stand together and this is the moment we have to grasp and to make sure that we all stand together in solidarity and it's lovely to see such a diverse group of people even in this podcast here today that we're all representing different areas and different sectors like I'm representing people who are experiencing homelessness Bernard's there for travelers and um, James is there to talk about you know people who are at risk and have that hang- hanging over their heads you know that horrible sense of doom and gloom that that their security is about to be ripped off and McDowell's there standing in in line with 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 workers who can't afford to 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 buy or to live in homes. So I think it's great that we have this unity and now we need to see that replicated on the streets on November 26th. Thank you, Louise. Very well, very well put. Um, Bernard, just in terms of, yeah, I suppose, what you would say, um, I suppose on one hand, showing people it's worth, like, what is the point of protesting? That's what people ask. You know, I agree with you, but what's the point? What difference does it make? Rory, I think for a lot of people, there's a very thin line between your income and your rents. Um, and people who would say you weren't affected last year or five years ago, this year are affected. Mm. Um, so it could be any, it could be anybody who's listening to this podcast um, um, this afternoon. It could be you. Um, it could be your neighbor. It could be a family member. It could be um, one of your ch- your children. It could be somebody who's going to study in university. Um, and the other side then is that um, for a lot of um, people growing up um, in Dublin, you just can't afford to live in the local communities that you grew up in. So they have to now move. And that has a detrimental impact on the wider society and, the, and, and, the, and how that society is that, you know, together. For travellers, um, I just want to kind of share with your listeners um, in terms of a report that was carried out. It's no end in sight. It's where a child um, of 12 um, um, had described living on a particular site as feeling that she was garbage, that she was forgotten um, and that she was left behind. Um, and that was that was um, and to me that that resonates with a striking chord 
that our children are feeling like that and feeling let down by the state um, and let down by many others. And it's not just a want of just, it's not just a want of providing, but it's a lack of will and political will to deliver culturally appropriate provisional accommodation. And that, that has been embedded within society for generations. Um, and, you know, and we're, we're seeing that in terms of the institutionalized racism that is embedded. Um, because if there's a will, there is, if there's a will, um, you know, the provision of accommodation will be provided. And we're just a tiny fraction in terms of the general population that's there. So we know what it's like to be left behind. We know that our figures are significantly higher. And we know that this campaign for a right to a roof, a right to a home, a right to ensure that that in legislation, that there is a constitutional right to a home. And I think that is why it is important for people to be out there. There are no bystanders in this. So people can watch, you know, in terms of others march for their rights, or they can march and be part of that historical movement and be part of it in terms of vindicating those rights, both for themselves and for many others on this island. We're a small island. And surely the minimum requirement that we all desire and want is to have a roof over our, over our heads. And in doing that, it is really appalling to, to hear that people still don't have what's called secure tenure. And I think that is failure um, in terms of the government that we have. And that needs to be put in place and protect people during this winter, but also further along the line. So um, I, leave, I leave it there, Dara, um, in terms of, I think that's an important call. Great. Thanks, Bernard. And your dog is completely in agreement with you there. Bang on. James, in terms of that, what would you say to people? Well, I, I mean, I grew up in Fatima Mansions flats and like the kind of poorer estates like that. People are very often very fatalistic and very demoralized. I remember like my granny and the other L ones in the flats leaning on the balcony going, ah, sure, son, what can you do? And that mm. sentiment prevails when people have been ground down. And now that kind of grinding down isn't just those marginalized communities, as uh, Rory and McDara and others have pointed out. A whole range of workers, white collar and blue collar, are all suffering from this housing crisis. But we have to overcome that fatalism. And I think any kind of gains that have been made by the poorest communities, like the regeneration of Dolphin House, they've been made by people organising and kicking up a fuss, whether that's collecting petitions, protesting at the council. When people get organised, they can win change and they can win effective change for their communities. And I think neoliberalism, which is, I mean, the economic orthodoxy that's led us into this housing crisis, the idea of commodifying housing. Neoliberalism tries to convince you that nobody has got your back. They try to convince workers on building sites to, you know, outbid each other for contracts. And, you know, you've got bogus self-employment and they try and convince you that nobody has got your back. But what I found since we've stood up at Tatney House is we've got messages from all over the country saying, it's great to see you fighting back. It's brilliant that you're fighting back. Well done. Uh, do you need us to publicise it? Do you need any help and people will support you when you fight back. So I'd say to people, the fatalism and the idea that no one has your back is a lie that's sown by vested interests and the people in power. In fact, you are a member of a very powerful working class, whether you're a tech worker or whether you're a poor worker in an estate like Fatima Mansions, whether you're people facing eviction or whether you're homeless. If we all stand together, we've got immense power and the people in power who rely on our votes 
They worry about that. They do worry about that. They worry about mass movements that encompass a broad range of workers like the Raise the Roof movement. Uh, and I think if we put the fear of God into them on November 26th by standing in unity, I think we can win change, not only change uh, in terms of government policy, but change in ourselves to finally understand that we have that power if we stand together in solidarity. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think to just to, to finish, to remind Listeners, you know, we have seen huge tra- change in this country and you've all been part of it. You know, the repeal, the eighth, um, you know, change, massive societal change that people thought, you know, and many people thought would not be possible in a deeply conservative country. Marriage equality, similarly, um, you know, even the huge water charge protests, the, you know, you go back further to the tax marches and even, in fact, the origins of public housing, the first council housing that was built in this country came from the protests of the lockout in 1913. Housing was a key part of the trade union demands at that time. Um, and our whole you know, public health system, public education, uh, the limited social housing we have now came from people standing together in solidarity and saying, we cannot accept this. We deserve decent standards of living. And that is the most important point, that there is a human right to housing. No one should be left without um, secure, decent standard housing. And as a society, that we stand and say that that's not good enough, that actually people do deserve a home, a decent, secure, stable home. Um, and I think it is about us, whoever agrees with that, actually standing up and saying, you know, that's what we believe and that's the type of country we want. And we're going to continue to push for it until it is achieved. Whoever is in government um, and I think that, you know, you're absolutely right, James. They do think about it. And I was just thinking back to I was there on the 2018 protest. And I think if I remember right, Magdara, that uh, Michal Martin and Darrell O'Brien were both at that protest, <laughs> came out and wandered around the edges anyway and had a look to see who was there. And I remember the Irish Times reporting on it. Um, going, what was incredible about that protest was the, the, the depth of uh, groups and people there, and there was all sorts of people of all different backgrounds, and, and it spooked them a bit. Um, and it did spook them because they were like, oh, this isn't just you know, some small group. This is something across society, and we have to act on this. Um, so I think that is the power. When we bring so many people from different backgrounds, and like there is on this podcast together, that's where the change can happen. So listen, please, if you can, uh, try and make it 26th, 1 o'clock, Parnell Square. We'll be there. And in many ways, you know, it will probably be um, the first of a number, which are likely to go into next year. Um, but if we, we need to make this as big as we can. So please, if you can, be there. Raise the roof, 1 o'clock, the 26th. Thank you all for joining me in the podcast today. And we'll talk to you all very soon.